If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And projections that take into account the likely or likely event of some plants not being available. But they themselves go to us that these situations that they are mentioning is rare. And so it of necessity does not support the assertion that is being made by my good friend John Jinapo that there's imminent doom so in 2023. Even again, he knows as a matter of fact, that they contracted so much power that when this government came in 2017, they had to ask some of the IPPs to hold off. As we speak, because of the projection that we foresee based on previous supply plans that have been generated, conversations have begun to incrementally add. And indeed, if you look at the statement that the, uh, the Honorable Energy Minister issued in April of 2022. It was clear that between 2017 and 2022, every year, some incremental power has been added, which is consistent with the plan that Rico has laid out. I'm saying that the excess capacity that they contracted between 2014, 2015, 2016, for which all these costs have had to be paid, it's historical. And these are matters of fact that cannot be denied. That the government of Ghana, as of 2017, 2018, 2018, indeed 2020, had so much power that we paid for without consuming. That's a matter of fact. Can that that deal with this that the situation is not going to change going forward. Indeed, there's a document that I will share with you immediately I finish this conversation, which shows that the demand is growing on a year-by-year basis. But the graph clearly demonstrates the installed capacity, the dependable capacity, and what it is that our peak demand is. Indeed, and in fact, as we speak, we are not at our peak demand. And so solar is running. But some plants are idle, and they are in excess for which the government of Ghana is paying for as a result of the contractual obligations that we have. So I don't see where the mixture of the issues really is coming from. Mm. It's so clear the committee has come out to debunk the fear moving that they sought to put out. And that's exactly what it is that it is. Mr. Jinapa, just have a minute. You have yes. a point to make. Look, Deputy Minister, provide that evidence. We are not interested in you sitting in your office and quoting figures that are known to you alone. And he says that those figures include fuel. Even as we speak with facts and evidence, I refer to the 2021 PIAC report, page 61. $500 million of gas was supplied. For the thermal plant, this is gas consumed. ECG couldn't pay. So if government of Ghana steps in and pays that $500 million, which is close to about $4 billion, does that amount to excess capacity? I'm throwing a challenge to you and your government provide that evidence today. 
gentlemen and that's um the honorable uh deputy minister for energy and his uh good friend he calls him john Jinapo, on the subject of um, something that's very important to all of us um so the government position is there is no imminent doom so and and that the commitments to make you've had the minority side also uh, argue that uh, we need to make the investments to avert a, a potential uh, doom so next year um you've had analysis uh, but you have to make up your own minds zero five five one 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 nine nine seven ghana connect starts in a minute sweetheart give me proper breakfast later give me lunch and for dinner make it a buffet one and only. You know what? Just let me receive the alert. And I will sort you out. Sharp! You just add the charges, KK. <laughs> for here, never pay for transfer charges. Vodafone Cash still has no transfer charges. From Vodafone Cash to all networks. You don't have Vodafone Cash? <laughs> what the cash? Yes! You don't have to pay more on Vodafone Cash. Switch now to the correct network and save. Only e-levy applies. Dial star 110 hash to send money now. Vodafone. 
Onia, a debia ya kunya for for the mouse, who beg you die a switchy. Shall say three points a cobe, bia, brapodu bedroom. And if I will a game now to me, I want Samsung Galaxy A series numu, for nuka HD plus infinity V screen. Display no swenny daho, front and back camera no demu yo po. For no design no yet, na se crawa. A one feeling na such as I want our test work. One Samsung Galaxy A series dear, a team papa. And to Samsung shop be a war my mood. With Samsung Galaxy A13, A23, A33, A53, and now A73. Not you watch it free. Nasa Water Galaxy A13, A23, and a year. free phone cover is Sephata. And the bra inside. You Samsung Galaxy A series. And she shake a crowd home. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Ghana Connect. Well, this week, the story of the good Samaritan driver who broke the internet but got Ghana reflecting on our values. I have been a driver for the past seven years. So it was around 12 a.m. on Sunday when I spotted a rag which looked like an apron. I was tempted to throw it away but realized there was money in it. It occurred to me that there are Christians and worldly people. And as a Christian, you must live your life as such. So I had to return it. That is the good Samaritan driver, Isaac Akon, who became an instant celebrated this week when the story of how he returned the fishmonger's 8,000 CDs, which had been left in his car, went viral. He was on virtually every radio and television show. Funds were raised for him, and boy, did the public respond, gifting him loads and loads of cash. Even the vice president, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, could not resist the charm of this good Samaritan story. He gifted him a whopping 20,000 CDs, a reward for being honest and showing integrity. Well, the driver's story has sparked a big conversation on social media. Shouldn't honesty and integrity be common values we take for granted as a society? That's one question I've seen uh, many ask on the back of the story. It is a simple question. Shouldn't honesty and integrity be common values we take for granted as a society? Why should it be such a big deal in a society that prides itself on being so deeply religious for one singular act of integrity to be this naturally captivating is it maybe a reflection of how low our values have sunk that one show of honesty becomes such a big national event tonight we're connecting ghana and beyond to reflect
We have a fantastic guest of uh, connectors, uh, connecting from all over the world indeed on this very interesting reflective conversation, connecting after the break. <laughs> My phone is broken. My phone is broken. We've all been here before. The moment when your heart literally stops beating and you see your entire social life and savings flash before your eyes. Yep, your phone just fell and you are frozen in fear, awaiting the post-mortem reports to find out just how badly your phone is damaged. But now, you no longer have to panic when your phone experiences liquid or accidental damage thanks to MTN Device Insurance. Just install the MTN Device Insurance app, fill in the details and make payment and experience the peace of mind that comes with knowing your device is insured as you continue to enjoy the most amazing 4G Plus experience only on Ghana's fastest network. Visit MTN Device Insurance or download the MTN Device Insurance app on Google Play or App Store and get your phone insured today with device insurance powered by MTN. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osuakwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHS, Kumase KNUST Campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Businesses know how important it is to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is licensed to provide medical insurance services to corporate organizations and SMEs. We also have international LH Blue Cover and TPAs to cushion you. Multinational companies, factories, and government agencies focus on your business while Apex Insurance takes care of your health. Visit Apex Health Insurance office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi, Kumase, Opsit Prempe College, Sofo Line, and Takradi Market Circle. For further inquiries, call 0501-562-962 or 0501-552-495. Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. So you're a style seeker. You just love it when people stop and stare as you drive by. That's why you always select top-of-the-range products that make you the talk of the neighborhood. I love it. I love you it. revel in comments they make behind your back. No wonder you choose from the new Peugeot 2008, 3008, and 5008 SUV range that makes every eye pop each time you cruise along. Wow. <laughs> now that's how to change the game and give people something to talk about. Stop by Silver Star Auto today and let's talk about your new Peugeot SUV. Peugeot. Allianz. Insurance since 1890. 
At Alliance Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life. We secure your future. And you're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. So this week, if you didn't know, then you possibly didn't, you know, spend time on the internet at all. Because the story of one good Samaritan driver broke the internet. If you didn't really catch it or appreciate how important it was to those whose life were, was, were changed by it, let me just sample it for you. I have been a driver for the past seven years. Initially, business was good due to use of smart cars now. The business has gone down. I don't even know how it happened. I picked a woman who sells fish from the Malamata market in the night to her house. I drove off immediately after she offloaded her goods and paid me. So it was around 12 a.m. on Sunday when I spotted a rag which looked like an apron. I was tempted to throw it away but realized there was money in it. I did not get to count the money, but according to the woman, it is 8,400 Ghana cities. It occurred to me that there are Christians and worldly people, and as a Christian, you must live your life as such. So I had to return it. If it were a worldly person, he wouldn't have, but rather spent the money anyhow. I'm shocked at how people are making donations to me. Yes, I have plans for the money received. I intend getting my own car to work with. I would also like to thank everyone for the donations they have made so far. God bless them all. Well, God bless him too. Um, at the beginning, when I first heard the story and I heard this, I'm like, is somebody dead? But you're listening, it's just... The joy and the gratitude they felt, the, the fishmonger who's just left an entire life savings in a, in a taxi and the taxi driver returned it. And, and, and then something just happened. It just exploded on the internet. And then not only on the internet, it came a conversation in vehicles and on radio stations and television stations. We invited him here. That's how you got to hear him speak. Um, fans were raised for him on radio. People d dedicated, the, you know, airtime to raise funds and public the public responded loads and loads of cash people just donated to this man um for being for showing honesty and integrity two values that has set a conversation a big conversation now happening 
on, on social media. And as I said, even the vice president got touched by his story and they gave him 20,000 CDs. But a few, um, not few actually, this is a whole conversation now happening. We are asking questions about this, reflective questions, uh, what this story says about us. Shouldn't honesty and integrity be common values that we take for granted as a society, really? Especially when you consider that we pride ourselves as a society on being deeply religious. Why should this singular act of integrity be such a nationally captivating event? Um, some have actually asked that the other question. Is it maybe a reflection of how low our values have sunk that, that we, now, we now make this such a big deal? And it's my friend Malik Dabu who... Who, who captures it succinctly. He says uh, on Facebook, I'm extremely happy that Grace found our hero taxi driver. Just sad that we are at a level of decadence that makes his kind act worth celebrating. Uh, so let's have a reflective conversation tonight about us, where we are currently, and, and how low possible we've sunk. Is it really what it is? Should we simply celebrate him? Uh, Stephen Enti uh, is connecting. Uh, Stephen Enti has a very interesting position on this that I found on his so social media wall. Uh, and many were commenting and debating him on there. And I thought it was interesting to hear his thoughts. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Evans. Uh, great to connect with you, Steven. Uh, and also connecting is this man I love to listen to. And, and, and Nana Kufiakwa is blogger. He is a fantastic, renowned, international, world-class photographer. But he's also a pastor. And Nana, I didn't tell you, I've been uh, secretly watching your TikTok videos. Very inspiring messages there. And I'm happy to always talk to you. This is the first time I guess we are talking on Ghana Connect this, this year. True, true, and a pleasure to be here as always. Fantastic. Um, also connecting is uh, Reverend Dr. Kwabana Opuni Frempong. Um, you know him, former president, former head of the Christian Council. Uh, connects on the on the line, and if you listen to the driver, he grounds his action on his religious faith as a Christian. He says, if, if I wasn't a Christian, I possibly would not return the money, right? And he's only doing it because he's a Christian. I mean, but if that's the case, then this country is deeply religious. You have, you have millions and millions millions of Christians. Shouldn't we all be taking this for granted now and just simply doing this as a matter of course? Um, hello, Reverend. Uh, Reverend connects with us also. Reverend, please unmute for me so I can hear you. And I, I want... Yes. Great, great I can hear you, Reverend, and thanks for connecting. And if, if there's one country where they take this for granted, I understand it's um, United Arab Emirates. If you've been to Dubai or Abu Dhabi, you can leave your, your cash anywhere. It will return to you. In fact, I have many, many experiences of friends who travel. They said they left their phones, very expensive phones, or, or purse, or, or computer, or, or whatever it is. And they will return it to you. They'll find you. Nobody's going to take it. It's a society that takes it for granted. Um, and that's, that's why in Boba Nona, a Ghanaian student uh, in New York uh, University in Abu Dhabi is also connecting with us uh, tonight. What is it about that society? That they take this, this won't make any news, actually, in, in, in that country. And this is, this is, this, so, so what is it about, what's the difference there? Uh, in Bobo joins us, in Bebo joins us, uh, Kofi Kilsing also is connecting. But, but, but Stephen, let me start with you because I want to read what you said on, on Facebook. He says, quote, something I have been wanting to say. Uh, oh, by the way, Manasseh Zuriawuni is also connected because I, I, I saw the story first on Manasseh's um, uh, website and he had shared it on his page uh, and and then it started from there. I think that's that's when the story just, just went viral. And so Manasseh first interacted with him and I wonder what his first impressions are and what he thinks about the, the big conversation that this has triggered. But Stephen, you said on Facebook, 
um, something I have been wanting to say. All the noise about a taxi driver returning money that does not belong to him and the euphoria heaped up around it makes me sad. For God's sake, that is the norm in any civilized society. So what? Were we expecting that he would keep the money? I look back at the many times I left phones, wallets, bags in taxis that I never got back. And now I understand. It's not the driver's fault. It is our society. We expect that they, they kept my items. Then, in the event they returned them, we have had a party. Explain, Stephen. Right, Evans, uh, thanks very much for having me. My point of view is um, not to underestimate the kindness and integrity that this young man showed. I mean, it won't be fair on my part to seek to downgrade any integrity he portrayed by returning this item. But my key thrust is that it appears that our society expected that a man who finds something that does not belong to him in a vehicle as the first point of call will keep it. So when he didn't keep it, then everybody's surprised or excited. That's how I see it in a sense that um, as, as, as a society, we do have values. I was brought up in a home where my parents are Christians. They taught me how to live a virtuous life, uh, not to uh, take something that doesn't belong to me, not to tell a lie. So these are things that cuts across all religions, Christianity, Islam, and African traditional religion. You do unto others as you want to be done unto you. So my point is that we're celebrating this guy for doing good. He did. But I am worried that it's a reflection of what has been happening that we haven't spoken about for years. I mean, this is not the first time somebody left something in a car. I mean, I read other comments from Facebook that suggests that uh, one of the key problems that people have when they, tourists in particular, when they travel to Ghana is that when they leave things, they never find it. So if we're here today and somebody uh, finds something that doesn't belong to him and he returns and we celebrate, we, we need to take a step back and see as a society where we've missed the mark, mm. where we failed to appreciate that we should do more in order to let these values be normal. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I don't think that if I find something in a car I'm driving, I will ever keep it. But then also there is the other side of the conversation where even when you find something that doesn't be, imagine Evans, you find a hundred thousand US dollars lying on the floor today and you pick it up. I mean, there are many who go to church to thank God for finding such a treasure that doesn't belong to them. So our mindset needs to start changing. Yeah, and, and, so and, that and, that's, a, and that's a really the big conversation that you set us up uh, to have. And, and Nana Kofi, did you agree with that view? I totally, I totally agree with them. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed and uh, totally uh, excited at exactly how he speaks to this. You know, uh, <laughs> the part of the problem is the, the mystification of wealth. You know, uh, pretty much all the religions we practice in this country teach you that somehow God can miracle, miraculously 
bless you. I remember years ago, this is about 15 years ago, I was having a conversation with my mother. My mother is an amazing Christian woman, woman of high integrity. And she, at some point, at some point in the conversation, she talked about how somebody came to give a testimony at church about how they were broke and they prayed for, I think, 100 Ghana CDs or something like that, something to that value. And, and they found some on the floor. And, and the testimony, and the church was cheering you know, the, that God had provided miraculously. And I said, I told her, I said, if God wants to bless you, He won't let a hundred uh, <laughs> Ghana cities drop from somebody's pocket so you find it. And then she was shocked, and she looked at me and said, "Am I? Are you saying if you find money on the floor, you won't take it?" I said, "No. Whether it's one city or a thousand cities or a million cities, I will never see money on the floor and take it." If everybody leaves it where it is, the owner of the money will find their way back to it. Uh, what is happening? I mean, this. I mean, I'm happy that he stood up, but uh, the notion that he did it because he's a Christian is where the deception is. Until these religions came to Africa, actually, the records show that in most traditional African societies, people were very, very careful about taking that which wasn't theirs. The, the level of integrity was much higher. You know? So even though everybody points to the faith, to the Christian faith as the reason why he did what he did, actually many more can point to it and to other major religions as the reason why there seems to be a moral degeneration in this country. I don't know if this is very helpful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. Stay with me. And, and thankfully, um, we have Reverend, uh, he's, a, he's, he's a preacher man like you, of course, he's done it. I, I want to pick his thoughts on this. And I'll hear Manasseh. I mean, Reverend, so if you listen to Nana, if you listen to Stephen, and then you contrast that with the Good Samaritan driver's account, his reason, what he articulates, which when he spoke to us, is that I did it because I'm a Christian and I, I, I don't think I should, I should keep it. Um, but if that's the case, and this country is so deeply Christian, um, for one majority of us, then, then this should really be a norm, is it not? And if it's not, as we've heard from Stephen and Nanakofi, does this rather go to prove how low we've sunk in our values as a country, as a Christian country, or well, not the Christian country, pardon me, a secular state, but largely made of uh, majority Christian? Let me say uh, thank you, Evans, for the opportunity and also align myself with what Evans uh, just said. I can go all out with him. As a country, at the moment, we have not considered uh, matters of conduct and behavior. Reverend Opoponi Frimpong has always been referring to me as Evans, but I'm Stephen Enti, and it's nice uh, chatting with you again. So my Stephen, views reflect. <laughs> for, forgive me, but, but uh, I can go all out with you, my dear brother. You know, um, we as a country have not been able to attach seriousness to matters of conduct and behavior. And I'm not sure now what we will want to consider as national values that from uh, the cradles, children up to the president of the land, we can hold on that these are national values. Whether you are Christian, you are Muslim, you are Buddhist, you are Hindus, you are atheist. We must have a national um, values. And I'm finding it difficult. And, and 
like uh, Stephen was saying, you know, when we get to election moment, we have leaders who you cannot trust. They lie. They go out. They deceive people. They bribe people. They are not truthful. They, you don't see integrity in them. They can't account for the monies they use for campaign. And these are the people we have as our leaders. You ask yourself, do they have values? When they are lying to people, no truthfulness. When they are knocking from uh, house to house, bribing people, violent, cheating, you know, coming to power on the back of bloodshed. So now conduct and behavior are not seen in leadership and in governance. And, and that is why this thing that should be the norm has become so big thing because we don't have that example at the moment. But if we have been a nation that children, our students, our leaders, in fact, there are pastors uh, who even say that God can pay money to people's accounts and all the very shameful. But if you have been able to identify respect, integrity, respect of laws, accountability, transparency, such things, and, and, and identify them as core national values, maybe you don't want to celebrate uh, uh, the brand. We don't have good examples when it comes to matters of conduct and behavior. And here, uh, it should not just be a Christianity or we must have national values, whether you are Muslim, a Christian, whatever you are. But it seems to me we are losing uh, uh, that part of our national pride. We yeah. must go back to the drawing board and ask ourselves what are our national values that we want to live I mean, with, whether you are a Christian. Talking about values, I mean, I see two key values that were was, was exhibited um, this week by this gentleman that became a big deal. And I'm bringing Manasseh into the conversation. Honesty and integrity. Um, you are an anti-corruption campaigner. So these two, in fact, there's an award that is designed just to award people who are who show integrity in Ghana, right? And if I'm not mistaken, you've possibly you know won an award before. When you interacted with with the driver, and I, I must admit I saw the story first on on your portal and on your page. Did you did you appreciate that this is a big deal, or you thought this is something you can take for granted because that's what that is what a Ghanaian is supposed to do? Because at least the fundamental base should be if you don't have integrity and honesty, what what else can you have? Did you have that appreciation at the time you spoke to him? Hello, Manasseh. Manasseh, mute if you if you have mute. Yes, I sorry. can hear you. Yes, I did, and I looked at it from two angles. I looked at the ideal situation, and I looked at the reality. The ideal situation is that if you found this money, if I found it, we should go and give it back to its owner. But the reality in our society is that some taxi drivers and some people would actually rob you if they knew you had that amount of money in your pocket or in your bag they would rob you before you get to your destination that's what some people would do so if this person got it and took it back i think it is a, a big deal not because it is something out of the ordinary but the reality we find in our society 
I lost my iPad when I went to Germany in 2013. And I lost it at a drinking spot. <laughs> Not that I went there to drink, but we went there as a group. And because I wasn't drinking and smoking, I felt uncomfortable. I kept getting up. And so when we were supposed to leave, I forgot about this iPad. And then we got to our destination, called, and they said, well, one of the waiters had seen it, so we should come back the following day for it. The man who drove me there asked me on our way that if you had lost this in your country, would you have found it? And I said the possibility was very low. And I think at the time, you have as Mensa had lost your iPad or so oh, yeah. at the hospital. In fact, I was coming to this, just recount the same thing. In fact, I, I had gone... Yes. And, and I, yes, I didn't find it. I, I didn't find it. Yes, in the hospital. And I lost my at a drinking spot where they were drinking so much and I was being judgmental of their behavior. And that was the reality there. So in our society, it is becoming difficult for people to do the right thing. And that is very worrying. But I must also say that I've come across a number of good people in this country. What this taxi driver has done, there are tens and hundreds of other taxi drivers who have done the same. Just today, someone was telling me about a young man in Kumasi who found, I think, $5,000 and 25,000 Ghana cities. Somebody had come to wash their car and left it. So he took the money, went to look for this person, and returned this money. You mean he returned five, wait, 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 he returned five thousand dollars, looked for the person and who and returned it. Yes. Five thousand yes. dollars. Yes. And I'm told he was giving five hundred dollars and five thousand Ghana cities out of that. This happened in Kumasi. There are a lot of good people in this and in this country. Unfortunately, those we celebrate are often the crooks. There are certain politicians we celebrate who are hardened criminals. There are certain other categories of persons who are hardened criminals, but because they have ill-gotten wealth, society makes them the standard. That is why, for me, I think celebrating this man is not out of the question. At least, when we get good examples and celebrate. I did a bit of psychology in level 100, and I was told that when good behavior is rewarded, the likelihood that it is going to be repeated is very high. And when bad behavior is punished, there's a high likelihood that whoever engages in it would want to stay away. So for me, I think ideally, this is what someone should do. But because we are in a country that the reality is pointing to a different direction, when this person does it, I think it should be celebrated. Actually, I was about one of the first people who said, look, beyond the God bless you and this and that, why don't we do something to financially reward this guy? And I did that post. And uh, by the end of the day, somebody in the vice president's office drew his attention to it. And then the other rewards started. But, but I'm asking, I'm asking so you, Manasseh, why, why did you think he had to be rewarded? Isn't thank you enough? Thank you is enough, but Evans, being a man or woman of integrity in today's Ghana comes with a price to pay. Mm. If you are in a certain ministry or department or agency, or even in a newsroom, let me not go far, and you want to do what is right, you will soon become the enemy of a lot of people. You will get a lot of friends, but a lot of people will also hate you just because you want to stand for integrity. 
there are certain things you are going to lose. There are certain punishments you are going to suffer if you want to be a man of integrity. If you are in a certain environment, let's say the audit service or the GRE or any institution that is supposed to hold people accountable, and they are going to say, let's go and audit this person. And everybody agrees in the team that, well, this person can give us something so that we alter the audit in a way. If you are the only person who says, no, it won't happen, your life is likely to be in danger. Uh, Manasseh, I think you touched on a very important uh, point to this conversation that I want to highlight a bit more. And I want to bring you in, Kilsing. That isn't it possible that we've lost these values, these common values of integrity and honesty? Because as Manasseh possibly suggests, it's become more increasingly more difficult to show, you know, that value because we're almost penalizing those who are honest and show integrity. Because look, just look on the landscape. Manasseh will probably give many examples of this. People who show integrity and honesty who get victimized for doing so. You blow the whistle, you get victimized. You 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 do the right thing, you stand for the right thing, you get victimized. Kilsa, let me let me bring that you in to start this 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 bit of it. Is it because possibly as a society, we are not only forgetting to do good, but we are punishing those who do good. That's why we, we, we are now losing those values. That people just don't want to do good anymore because what's the point if I'm going to suffer for it? Kelsey? Yeah, certainly. I do agree with the statement that Manasseh just made. And it simply confirms what the rest of the revered panelists have also contributed to this show. And even Manasseh himself is a proper experiment to this issue. After going through several verifications for exposing the official dump for several corruption scandals perpetuated. And it even happens even beyond him for the likes of Anas Aramia Anas. And even for Joy, the, 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 the media establishment we are speaking currently on that many other issues or several instances that the people have, 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 have come to suffer in our society, the least expose, they are vilified. They are, they are, they are, they've had to go through a lot of crucifixion. And that is how our society has come um, um, to become. We seem to celebrate a lot of mediocrity and judge people who stand up for morality wrong. And so it is increasingly becoming difficult to stand up for what is right. And even for the current economic um, status of this country, having inflation rising or flying up about 23%, I mean, a man would surely with a lot of responsibilities, relatives, and you know how extended our family system is, would want to think beyond what fortune can be made out of 8,700. In fact, the big deal, considering the fact that he is even a taxi driver, no insult to the profession. Um, in, uh, I mean, taxi driving is, 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 is an informal profession. You and I know how difficult it is to come up with money, especially with how fuel prices and so have increased. So it is very difficult for people to own up and stand up for integrity in modern Ghana. Increasingly difficult. You'd have friends even advising you. If you're not careful, your spouses or relative would, I mean, step on your toes and tell you that, hey, you can make this out of this. You can even buy an extra taxi out of this money. You can give this money to this person to start a business. But he took the path of integrity. I'm sure he did that even without probably expecting a certain a certain um, reward in return. And that has to do with the kind of standards that we should set for ourselves in society. And especially with the fact that he's a Christian. In fact, the Ten Commandments 
are so clear. I think the third commandment, it upholds stealing. Thou shalt not steal. And so for him, it affirms the standards of Christian behavior and how Christians should behave. So certainly when you have about 71% of the population largely Christian, such character should reflect the general Christian sentiment of the ordinary Ghanaian. Yeah, but, 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 but that's the point. Exactly. But it doesn't reflect. It doesn't exactly, reflect. But, uh, let, let me bring Nana in on that. Stay with me, Kilsey. Nana, so you 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 are a pastor yourself um, and you talk. What, what have you come to realize is the reason why this doesn't reflect? Although we, we all go to church in, our, in our huge numbers every Sunday. It doesn't uh, reflect because uh, <laughs> uh, we are Kukwanans' children. You know, uh, this integrity you are talking about is not some decadence that began uh, yesterday or two days ago. If you actually look at the formation of Ghana as a nation from when we became a nation, you can never actually point to any time in our recorded history since 1957 where you can say that Ghana was a bedrock of integrity. It has never really been our culture. Right from childhood, we are told these stories about this crafty Kukwanansi guy who is both a hero and the villain of these stories and how he's portrayed as wise, crafty, and he's very, very likable. You know, he's very, very likable. And we fall in love with him. And uh, as a nation, we, we celebrate craftiness. You know, integrity has never... Yes, I know a lot of Ghanaians think it is part of our value and culture. No, it is part of the traditional values and cultures that existed in tribes and clans and 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 and, and, uh, and, and villages, you know. But with the whole formation of this uh, this crop of educated, colonized, educated Africans who formed a nation called Ghana. The crop of people who led, right? From Nkrumah. I mean, if you want to find out how much corruption happened under Nkrumah, when he woke up one day and found out the nation is broke, when people uh, imported combine, uh, people were asked to order combined harvesters, and they they brought snow, <laughs> snow, snow, snow. What's it called? Snow clearing uh, machines and all that. We have always been corrupt. We have always been a, a corrupt people. Integrity has never truly been a Ghanaian virtue. So instead of us seeing it as a moral degeneration that has occurred, we actually have to see it as a quality we must build up. Uh, and and, and this, I, I think that the celebration of this young man, all the voices that are cheering him on, is actually a cry for a people of integrity. This nation, Ghana, is crying for people of integrity. We are crying for leaders of integrity, politicians of integrity, pastors of integrity, husbands of integrity, wives of integrity, children of integrity. We are crying for employees and employers of integrity. Integrity has never been our strength. Mindfulness, this whole thing where you think about your neighbor has never been a part of our culture. That's why if you travel internationally, when they announce the Ghana flight, even though everybody has a ticket, You'll be at Skipo, and every other terminal is quiet, except where the Ghanaians are, and people are rushing <laughs> to get on a plane that they have a ticket and a ticket number for. Why? Because they grew up in a country where you could have a ticket. There was a time in this nation's history, you could have a plane ticket that you have paid for, you get on the plane, and you have no seat. And then the pilot will announce that uh, five people would have to get down, 
because some big people, some big men or big women have been given your seat. You know, so integrity is something we must desire. The churches, and I say this as a pastor, uh, as we speak, uh, uh, Accra Community Church is currently doing a series on, on mindfulness, you know, because we said 2022 is a year of building capacity for us, building capacity in the sense that, we, you know, churches teach us to always pray for more blessing, more miracles, but the truth is God has blessed us enough. Most of the time, if we are not seeing his blessings in our lives, it is because we lack the capacity to fully and truly manifest them. We, we are shabby at, at, at our work. We are not competent. We blame the devil for our incompetence and our indecisions. And we feel that mindfulness can be taught. Nations like Japan, where Christianity, I doubt that you get 2% of the Japanese people being Christian. But when somebody's phone rings on the train, if their phone rings on, not picks the call, if their phone rings on the train, they apologize. You know, here, the church will be right next to, to uh, uh, you know, a family, a house, a household with a baby crying. They'll be shouting and they'll hear babies crying. And if the couple come and complain, they'll call them the devil. They'll call you the devil. There was a time in my life when I had to get the police to arrest my landlady because he allowed uh, a pastor to start a church in, in a part of the house, you know, and they, they'll be praying and calling me a devil and, and binding and casting me out, you know. So these are things that have never truly been there. And I feel that we have to stop deceiving ourselves, hmm. you know. Uh, when when I was a kid, and, and this is sometime in the 80s, I knew parents who were, bribing WAEC officials to get uh, a pop for their children to write... Which, which still happens, by the way. It still happens. And, and that is the point I'm making. Yeah. yeah. More than a generation ago. Mm. But today we'll speak as though there was a time when there was integrity and now there is no integrity. No. I mean, and, and, It has never been, been a part of the culture. And, and you raised that point, and I'm, I'm curious why other societies that are, are, are not as nearly as religious as we are, I mean, well, not as Christian as we portray ourselves to be, get it right in this area of values, and we don't. I mean, one of those societies is Abu Dhabi, right? I mean, Mbebel uh, joins us, connects with us from, from Abu Dhabi. Hello, Mbebel. Um, Hello. Great. Um, Greater, greater have you, greater have you in Babel. Now, now, um, will this eight thousand CD return that this driver, you know, did this in in Ghana that became a big deal? Would it have been a big deal in Abu Dhabi, for example, if the driver returned money that he found in his taxi um, to say a police station, for example, and and to the and to the person who actually owned it? Would it have been a big deal there? Um. So first of all, um. Obviously, I'm excited to be here uh, to see all these big people. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be live on um, Joy FM. Um, so I've been here just um, for one year as a student. And I think from the little I know about Abu Dhabi, I can make a comment on whether it's be a big deal or not. So um, over here, it's, from, from my personal observation, I don't think it would have been a big deal. And I say that because the security here is very advanced as per what we have in Ghana in the sense that you can leave your phone at a mall and then come back and come and meet your phone where you left it and, and, so, no, and nobody and nobody will take it nobody will touch it nobody would take anything so we people actually so on campus actually where I am on campus 
um, people like leave their laptops around and like leave for hours, days, and come back and meet to the same place. And it's it's like an extension of what a society out there is. It's very secure, and um, I, I don't know. I, I can't give a definite reason for why it is secure, but I don't think the eight thousand Ghana city would have been a big deal. I see that although there's there's a reward system in the UAE that praises um, good moral values and good behavior. So the government has like um, a system in place which rewards um, citizens who um, show like positive um, values like uh, loyalty, uh, integrity, as we are discussing um, today. So although it wouldn't have been a big deal, I think um, the, the the taxi driver, if he was here, would have received some recognition from the government if like they had he had done that um, deed. So I think I think all you know. Um, from my perspective, it wouldn't have been a big deal because a lot of things like that happen here where people misplace their things and then get them back. But then on the larger scale, on a broader scale, there's a reward system that rewards good. Yeah, I mean, and, and in Bebo, you raise a, raise a point I want to I want to put to Reverend. I mean, in Bebo says, started by talking about security. But if you expand that thought for a second, you realize that what he's actually talking about is consequence. Consequence. And, and that we possibly have the problem we have with lack of integrity and honesty because in our society, there's no consequence for, for, not, for not being honest. There's no consequence for not, for not showing integrity. And that you can, get, you can get as corrupt as you want. And as Balansi had has, has said, you actually get rewarded and not punished. But in societies where they know that there is consequence for being dishonest, people are more likely to show those values. Isn't that part of the part of the issues why we have this challenge, Reverend? Yes. You know, Evans, maybe let me start from our educational system. I have seen several educational reforms over the years in this country. Professor Jobo Kwapong, Anna Mwamensa. And all these educational reforms, you see, normally in education, you must pay attention to developing attitude, skills, and knowledge. Three important things. Attitude, skills, knowledge. You study all the educational reforms we have had over the years, at least uh, uh, the past 30 years under the Fourth Republic. And attention is always on education and skills. Education and skills, whether when we're introducing junior high, SSS, and now STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, you always hear skills, knowledge. And I just want to support my friends, our colleagues who are saying that as a nation, attitudinal matters, integrity, have not been considered. I must say, during President Kufo's time, he had a whole ministry on national orientation, and he had a vice president who was always uh, all over the place advocating for discipline. We must go back to what other people are doing. That is... Attitude, skills, and knowledge. Because if you give skills, knowledge, money, attitude, then you are producing intelligent criminals. And it is like you have deliberately positioned yourself that people can be smart 
and get away with it. And I pray, I, I, I pray and hope that those who are in charge of our education must know that we need to integrate attitudinal values into education. But when you are talking about punishment, it is uh, in discipline. It is like a chair with four legs. Education, capacity building, prevention, and law enforcement. You need the force. You need to educate through media, NCC, churches, mosques, schools. We must educate people. But you don't stop there. And that is why sometimes when we hear we are 71% Christian, churches can only educate and admonish people. But you go beyond that, building capacity of media, people who are fighting corruption, members of parliament, the security agencies, those who are supposed to give intelligence. Now, when you don't want to fight corruption, you leave them hanging. You don't resource them. And so they are weak. Prevention, the procurement arrangement. Now, because they don't want, uh, 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 you know, to be blocked somewhere, you, you have system that people can go through. You have... You go to a place that contracts have been awarded, certificates have been issued, that a, a school or whatever had been built in a village, certificate had been issued, payment have been made. You go there, and even they have not cleared the place. And you realize that those in power are always protecting their own. They protect their own. Serious corruption matter, they laugh over. And when you go this way, and you go back to churches, then you say we are 71 Christians. Our leaders are not serious. Hmm. Reverend, I'm losing you, but I think you're making a point to point about um, lack of role models uh, in the society. I mean, people you can look up to, the you can aspire to, to, to show integrity and be honest that you could follow uh, and so the, the because there's no we don't have role models like that it also influences the problems that we have so so Manasa, just wrap up for me then on so i think there's a consensus that we've lost it in fact um nana goes as far as saying we, we've never had it so let's build it how do we build it very briefly in bullet points Manasa, what, what would you say having interacted with this gentleman what about him do we need more of and how do we get more of him let's begin to reward good behavior and i perfectly agree with uh, what mbebo said about law enforcement when we don't have it and i agree with nana uh, that we never had it the watson commission of uh, 1948 that proved the disturbances we read their report they said how corrupt the people of the gold coast were and even prophesied that we weren't going to go far if we got independence with that. So when you don't have it, there must be the con conscious effort to build it. And integrity can be built into people with law enforcement. When it becomes a norm, like the UAE, where sometimes certain people are not just doing it because they want to do it, but because there is a high price to pay for not doing the right thing, they would conform. And when conformity becomes a norm, a generation of Ghanaians would grow up and think that, well, this is normal, this is expected behavior, and they would follow. 
I often use an example that I witnessed when I first traveled outside of this country to South Africa. And the driver slowed down at a point and I asked why, and he said, well, there are speed cameras here. If I go beyond the limits, they will bring a ticket to me and I can lose my job because I'm driving for a company. It was then I realized that those drivers somewhere are not necessarily more law-abiding than the Formula One drivers we have in Ghana, um, I, I lost my ass, unfortunately. Uh, Kofi Kilsing, your quick thoughts on how you build these values we've all talked about tonight. Hello, Kofi. Time, it will become the norm. Okay. And we'll do that when we have the right leaders. Okay. Well, that's how we get the right leaders, I cannot say. Ah, well, that's a big one. Kofi, what's your, what's your thought, take on, quickly, how do you build this? Kilsing? Kelsey, you'll mute if you have muted because I can hear you. Okay, let me get Nana Kofi Akwa in. Nana Kofi, so you say we don't, we didn't have it at all. We should build it. How do we do that? Briefly. Uh, it will require a lot of intentionality, and it has to begin from the top. The thing with culture, culture, there, there are a lot of things in life that can have uh, a pyramid, a bottom-up approach. Culture doesn't work that way. Culture always begins from the top. And then it descends. When we start getting pastors who are people who keep their word, people who have integrity, when we have politicians, when we have teachers, when we have leaders, when we have employers who keep their part of the contract and employees who do, it becomes easy for those who look up to us to emulate, to copy. You know, culture always begins from the top. And if I feel that as a nation, we are crying for people of integrity, and it must begin with leadership. I have to say that people like Kwame Nkrumah and uh, the late Professor Evans Mills showed me that it is possible to be a politician and not be corrupt. So I know that it is possible. I know that it is possible for leadership in this nation to learn mindfulness, to learn integrity. It may, we may not have been raised with it, but we truly can learn it. And once we do from the top, it will, it will translate downwards. Well, thank you. hopefully, and then I thank you. Let the few of you have been joining, have joined us with your thoughts on this. Uh, Arsene says, uh, our values are sank so low that you stand to be victimized for upholding positive values. I reported of a security lapse at a gold mining firm, and shockingly, I was deemed as a threat and was declared persona non grata. Also surrendered a, a money uh, found on the street to the police station, and an officer asked if I was mentally sound and didn't need the money. Um, what are some people saying on this? On, yeah. on our main So I have this phones. one, Evans, from Michael and in Tumwe. He says, Evans, to know how corrupted the Ghanaian society is, please ask the driver the number of his colleagues who called him to insult him oh, for yeah. returning the money. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All of us say, you know, like, yeah, go on. Well, he says, well, that would give you an idea of how corrupt probably uh, we mm -hmm. are. There's another one here um, from uh, one of our gentlemen. He says, indeed, the taxi driver has done well and should be celebrated. I live in Israel and once left my $400 passport and other valuable items and never got it back again, even though I had my traceable information uh, on it, which could have been simpler for the driver to be able to return it, but that was not done. So he says, thumbs up to the taxi mm -hmm. driver. Another one, yes, says a lady at the GFE rejected money as the bribe, as bribe that was given her 
in the Anas investigative piece, but she was never celebrated. Well, we should go back and give the, uh, watch the video and give her some mm. and thumbs up. That's what he's asking us to do. This is from Jonas from Lashibi, and it's the last one we have here That's is one. Uh, from Sami in Kumasi. And says, if the politicians know how to celebrate an honest person, uh, why themselves? Um, why are they asking, not themselves well, why honest? They not honest? Okay. That's an interesting take yeah, on the matter. Uh, enjoy the rest of hearing people. Thank you, Reverend. Uh, thank you, Nana Manasseh, Stephen Enti, who joined us earlier, um, in Bebo, who connected in Abu Dhabi and killed Singapore, who are lost earlier. There's this whole issue of people. This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcast. This is the Football Daily with Steve Crossman. We're inside Villa Park where the scoreboard to my left-hand side reads Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 2. We have witnessed a really, really good late-season game. Despite the, the lateness of the hour, it's still quite warm here inside the stadium. And actually, it was one of those games where even in the bleak midwinter, the football would have kept you nice and warm. It was a fantastic game. Uh, lots of Brazilian influence in the, the standaway to my left-hand side. There is one sole Brazilian flag being waved left and right by an Aston Villa fan, although it was certainly one of Liverpool's Brazilians, Alisson, who had a lot to say on the result. Great performance from him as Liverpool move level on points with Manchester City, having played 36 games. City have played 35. Clearly, they are big favourites to retain the Premier League title, John Murray, but Liverpool can only do what they can do, and tonight they did it. Well, Steven Gerrard warned his old club that it wouldn't be easy, and he was as good as his word. Watkins had already gone close before Douglas Louise followed up his own saved header to shoot Villa in front in the third minute. But with shades of last season 7-2 here, they went hammer and tongs at each other, and Joel Matip stabbed in an equaliser within three minutes of Liverpool going behind. Villa gave as good as they got. Liverpool lost Fabinho to injury in Cup final week. Thiago and Salah were sent on as substitutes in the second half, but it was Sadio Mane who got the all-important second Liverpool goal, a clever little header in the 65th minute. They did still need Liverpool, their goalkeeper Alisson, to make important saves from Danny Ings. It was that tight, and no wonder Steven Gerrard went over to Alisson and shook his hand on the final whistle. But Liverpool had to win, they did win, and they're back level on points with Manchester City at the top. Although, of course, they have now played one more game. So we've got 
John Murray with us. We have Jonathan Woodgate with us inside Villa Park and Don Hutchison as well. Don, it, it just felt like one of those games where the big names made all of the big moments. You had two big Allison saves, a couple of huge Van Dyke tackles, and then that lovely flicked finish from Sadio Mane to win it. Yeah, totally agree. I never I never felt tonight that Liverpool had any control of that game until Thiago came on in midfield. I thought Diaz was amazing. He was brave, he was aggressive, he wanted the ball to his feet. Alisson had to produce one or two big saves in the second half. I think Villa deserve a lot of credit. I thought Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins up front were sensational. Um, but that's a win that you see at the end of the season. I remember playing in a game, Steve, in 1995, and it was the last day of the season playing at West Ham. And we stopped Man United winning the league. And it was when Blackburn won the league. And we played out of our skins that day. And Fergie, quite funnily, hammered us. He went, this lot are a disgrace, the way they've played today. Because they've turned up for one game of the season. And in effect, he was partly right. Because when I watched that Villa team tonight, and I'm not saying they're a disgrace, I'm just comparing it slightly to what we've done at West Ham. And Stevie G will be saying to the players, I guarantee you at the end of that game, in the dressing room, he will say to his group of players, if you play like that every single week, from match day one till 38 next season, they've got a chance of being in the top eight next season. Because they were absolutely brilliant tonight, Villa. But Liverpool needed some big performers. I totally agree with what you're saying there, Don. And if you if you look at it, you're totally right. But I do have to say the, the, the performance for me tonight on the Liverpool team was Van Dijk. He was extraordinary, constantly in the right place at the right time, wins 1v1 duels. I just think, where would Liverpool be without Virgil van Dijk? They wouldn't be up where they are now. He is the ultimate centre-back. If you can describe any centre-back, if you can make any centre-back in world football with all the ability, he has it. He has everything. And I thought tonight, watching him, he was exceptional. Well, watching you... watching him. Yeah, he is a Rolls-Royce. He is a pure Rolls-Royce. To, to be honest, Don, the only thing better than watching Virgil van Dijk, I think, might be watching Jonathan Woodgate watch Virgil van Dijk. Because yeah. you, you were borderline in awe. So, so you know, top centre-back to top centre-back, what do you most admire about him? When you watched him tonight, what was the thing that just makes you go, God? He just never panics. He's always in control of the situation. He never makes rash decisions. He constantly stays on his feet. You can see him constantly barking out orders, but never rushed, never flustered. Makes the right pass, the, the right tackle. He's a just, he's so good to watch. The the example of that, wasn't it, was when Coutinho actually got away from him, mm, yeah. and yet he was still able. I was saying to you during the game, how how has how has he managed to get back into that position? I actually, at first glance, saw Coutinho was running a bit running a bit of quicksand, but it wasn't. It was the pace of Van Dijk. He eats up the ground. He has extraordinary uh, change of pace when sometimes you don't see someone moving, but he's moving at a rate of knots. He's got that change of gear from first to, to fifth, and he eats up the ground. A sensational display for me. Don, can I uh, ask you just what you were saying about Villa there as well? You know, Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 